right, you claustrophobic colonels. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Pat Sellers. I'm Sean Kelly. And we wish it was the 90s. Now, before we get started, I'd like to um, give a big uh, big welcome back to, uh, to Craig, our <laughs> bot, who um, prevented us from recording earlier in the week. So if we are a little light on the details today, it's because we watched these episodes quite a while ago. And my notes are poor. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring this up before. So today we've got uh, Orphans End, Love in Vain, The Juggernaut Returns, A Deal with the Devil. A lot of episodes that are out of order on Disney Plus, and we know that's due to the release. And so some of these were released in season four, some were in season three, some were earlier in the season, later. And it does make you wonder, in my opinion, based on these episodes, it seems an odd way to end a season. It, well, and the fact that isn't one of them like season four, episode 21? I think that might be the last episode we watched. I also did. I don't know if any of you guys had it, but I think it was. I went and found Love in Vain, and then I watched it, and it automatically played Juggernaut's Return when they were like miles apart on the actual list for Disney Plus. The algorithm's but picking that, up on your preferences. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If the algorithm was picking up on my preferences. It would have played uh, the one that's got Lotus in the title because that's all about Wolverine. <laughs> I thought it would just play you a whole bunch of space stuff. I can confirm <laughs> that. <laughs> have you have you haven't watched the Lotus one yet though, Sam? Ah, but I was fizzing when I saw it was there. Think about that season one episode where Logan goes to to the ice, but he goes to Japan because it's pretty much the same. Forgot about that ice scene. So- it was so good. That's a great. I look forward to that. Um, and I, I've got another question before we get started. And uh, you know, maybe it's the circumstances of my life, or or, um, but I felt a lot of X Men animated series fatigue watching these four. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I I was trying to work at the same time, so my notes are super dusty and I was sort of half paying attention. I also sort of daydreamed through that first one about one eye, mostly because it just at the opening scene, they, they had a real brief mention about how Gambit has all nighters every now and then. <laughs> and I was like, this, this is real sus. Like he's, he's, he's a real sort of dubious character. Like he's definitely a massive pest. And I, I pretty much daydreamed through the whole episode about how, he was actually like a serial predator and there's like obvious signs, but like the X-Men would end up getting interviewed on the news and being like, oh, we didn't see any signs. You know, we never really expected anything. <laughs> it's like, you guys are full of shit. Kind of guy you'd find wandering around Courtney Place at 6am. Never been there. Um, yeah, fatigue. You yeah, definitely fatigue, but I think I, at the start, I was like, if we're doing 14 episodes of this, that's going to be a friggin' are we over it by the end of it? Interesting, yeah. I, but I also thought I didn't particularly revel in this batch of episodes. It's interesting. I would have thought you would have loved this first one. And basically all my notes were about ripping into you for whipping the first episode when I knew me and Sam would have hated it. So <laughs> I did quite like it. I'll, I'll come back for the episode two. 
Spoiler, uh, not my favourite episode in the bunch. But anyway, so Orphans End, and we get a previously on Corsair of the Starjammers. Um, and there's some spaceships, which I noted Sam would be revelling. No, it's all about not. one eye and space. Like, this must be your most painful episode. Not a big... No, I've got quite a few notes for this one because it's the first one of the bunch. Um, <laughs> And there is that that note. Um, so I can't remember what happens, but um, you brought it up, Pat, where someone says, perhaps it's Gambit. Wouldn't be the first time coming home at, <laughs> in the early hours of the morning. My first um, note is Gambit's a well-known pissman. Um, Could be a problem. So the Shi'ar have got some concerns about some rebels or something, and turns out the rebel is Corsair, and uh, one Eye and Storm rescue him. And then there's some some chat about some some dog tags. They don't look like dog tags. Um, and um, and it's uh, what well, it's the summers boys and their parents or their mother or something like that that Corsair is wearing. And it's that's me. It's like uh, even though they've met a lot, Squinty took way too long to twig there. Hmm. Also, like, they've spent a lot of time together. They never communicated by their actual names, code names only in the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. I don't think about that. That's pretty funny. Um, Wait, your name's Scott? My son's name's Scott. It's so weird. They did have that line <laughs> in whatever episode the Star Jammers are in earlier on in the season where Corsair says to One Eye, I had a son. I don't think I'd recognize him if I saw him. Mm. Um, I think they had that in the previously on. There yeah, you go. Um, and then, um, so, one, I need some time to process what's going on, and the Shi'ar are getting testy for not handing Corsair over, so the X-Men escape into their very well-organised underground rail network. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and I just know there's a lot of fighting going on here, and Storm is just doing all of the heavy lifting. Um, and then we get Corsair's back, Cyclops' backstory, which is, you know, straight from the comics. Planes going down, one one parachute. They strap Alex to Scott and they get out and they survive and they think their parents died in a crash. Turns out just before they crashed, they were kidnapped by aliens, which Sam would revel in. Um, <laughs> oh, I was not enjoying that part. <laughs> Um, and then, and then, while they're I, trying to get away, the the Shi'ar are closing in, and I just enjoyed when Corsair said to One Eye, "Check out your old man." When he's like blasting away. Um, and, Does, did Scott remember the plane thing, or was it just Corsair? Nah, um, I think he, I think he remembers it because he thinks that's how his parents died. But then there is also the added thing of. He hits his head when he lands, and that's why he can't control his eye lasers and blah blah blah. Oh, did yeah, that? Yeah, okay. I thought maybe. Um, I thought. I don't know Corsair, if it gets mentioned in the episode. I thought Corsair might have uh, made it up because he. he Corsair. Uh, you're going to refer milk. to him as Corsair, like Corsair? you referred to Walter Sarah? as Walt. Walt, my <laughs> mates. Yeah, I have nicknames for all my mates. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I thought he might have done a. I'm just, I'm just popping down the shop to get milk and left his kids because you know, one eye is such a punish. 
Um, I just said this note that the Shia people keep talking about Lord Chamberlain. Um, and I'm like, isn't that something to do with the royal family in Britain? The Lord Chamberlain's like the head of security or the head of the house or something like that. Speaking of things I hate, the royal family is one of them. <laughs> uh, and so, a movie about, about space and the royal family. It would be my least favourite movie of all time. Star Wars. <laughs> so if like Prince Harry ends up being an astronaut, like you're going to blow your lid. His Corsair, like he's, this is where he's like sat down and told Scott the whole story. Yeah. He's like, you might not like what I'm going to tell you. Like it just harkened back to like, felt like he was about to tell him about birds and the bees, like father said that. That's good. Is that um, when he does the big, tell me, dad? And he keeps <laughs> sarcastically referring to him as dad. Real weird. Fuck, one I he's, he's such hard work. <laughs> um, so um, so the this, this storyline progresses. There's corrupt cops kidnapping and a treasure situation going on with the Shia. Um, and then our old mates, Hepzibah. Corsair's cat girlfriend and Chode or Chod. Um, <laughs> I got sure a character called Chode. That, he's that lizard guy. He's a bit yeah, grumpy. It's, it's I only knew yeah. it because the subtitles are on. Cause, oh, yeah. Um, Chod. <laughs> Chod. O-E, so, so it's not a long O sound. Um, <laughs> And and there are there are other there are other the other star jammer there I can't remember his name ponytail guy capture storm um, and I think the I don't know I've got written down Ragnar seems like the bad guy I assume that's the Shi'ar dude and they're trying to save someone called Jandra and I just had a note that probably means little to anyone but in the current X Men continuity Lelandra and Professor X's daughter Zandra is the Empress of the Shia. Um, anyway, um, it turns out Corsair's got someone on the inside, someone helping him with the dodgy police, and um, they keep talking about Alderaan Five, and I wondered if that was a Star Wars reference to Alderaan. Home planet of Princess Leia, Sam. Yeah, um, sorry, blank. And uh, anyway, the um, you know the Cyclops and Storm and the Star Jammers win, and then the bad cops get taken to face some Shia justice or, or something around, and then Cyclops and Corsair get some good bonding time, and I couldn't help feel bad for Alex or Havoc, as you may remember him from the X Factor episode, Sam. I can't, but. And, Go on. <laughs> the, Ice, the Iceman episode, the guy, the blonde guy who had similar powers to One Eye. When you talked about blonde guy, I was jumping ahead to Cody. Oh, I don't like Cody. Oh, uh, wow. Anyway, that's all I've got on Orphan's End. It's all right. I don't mind the One Eye Corsair stuff. Um, but it's yeah, good. I quite like it. I did catch a couple of like sort of funnier bits, but um, yeah. I was, in between sort of daydreaming about the Westchester Westchester Ripper, but um that Ragnar guy, the 
Chiagai is he's definitely on something. His eye his eyes are fucking huge. <laughs> he's on hey, something he's on something up there. Maybe he turned up at that time because he'd been out with Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he's back on he, yeah, maybe that's where all the New Zealand BZP herbals ended up <laughs> out in his face with the Shiar Empire. Uh, and I also I quite, thought it was quite funny when that is that Hepzibah, the cat lady, when she has a fight, she um, wow. saying, but she keeps landing on her feet. <laughs> I don't know, I just keep cracking up at that. You've got a thing for the feline themed characters, Pat. Do I? <laughs> well, you're a big saber tooth guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I liked. Um, I think at one point, says. Not even the Shia slave pens could stop me from finding you. Have you not been watching? You've spent multiple episodes with him. Um, and when Squinty hands, hands his father over, I just wrote, because I was watching it obviously in real time, and I felt like he was doing the wrong thing, as usual. And I was mm. right. He, <laughs> he doesn't handle this very well at all. Um, uh, and I... At the end, I don't know who says it, but, uh, where they're like, oh, can you stay for a couple of hours? It's like, oh, no, break out the cards. <laughs> That's good luck. I mean, family cards night with Corsair and Scott. <laughs> what game are they playing? Surely 500. Surely Uno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be more their speed. <laughs> One eye. Um, interesting other fact about that little backstory that um, um, uh, some people probably don't know. Uh, so in the comic books, it got retconned that when Corsair and his wife got captured, she was pregnant with a third son, and they um, they they kill her in front of Corsair and remove the baby and experiment on it. And he comes back into the fold much later as the uh, character Vulcan, the third Summers brother, who's super overpowered and super unbalanced, very unstable guy. Mm. Hmm. Um, anyway, Love in Vain. I this didn't like moving, it. Moving from one episode featuring Absolute Punish to another with the introduction of Cody. Although I think we've had Cody before. Yeah, in flashback form. I was real confused. Ooh, this geez, he's, t- he's tough in this. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, there's some really good Meg content, I must say. Yeah, but... good Meg content. Rogue's meant to. I, I enjoy Rogue stuff. Mm, Just but Cody's Co- desperation was... Well, Co- Cody and, the like, I, you know, we all know I'm a big fan of aliens, but this these aliens sucked. I this is the one where he, like... He, he comes across, he's like doing like meditating or something and there's a, uh, Meg. yeah, and there's like a, a plane crash or an alien ship crash at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it starts with uh, one eye and Gene heading off for a date night or whatever and Rogue's a bit jealous, which is fair because you can't really have that. Looking out the window um, with, her, with her bedtime gloves on. And her giant teddy bear. <laughs> I missed that. Um, and then we get this fish alien thing, which turns out to sort of be a spaceship, but alive. And then, yeah, Meg's meditating, and, and that's mint. 
Um, and he says, Oh, cockroaches from Mars. Large economy size. Um, and I noticed, noted now that every alien in this show speaks English, which is nice. Um, and they capture Meg. And um, uh, before, and th- not before he tries to s- jump on their backs from a height. <laughs> it always works. <laughs> He's got to move. Um, and then it cuts the gambit having more cracks at Rogue. And Cody calls or something, and so she goes to meet up with him. And uh, she gives Cody the big rundown of her life over a date and, you know, the X-Men, her family and stuff like that, which she identified earlier on in a Rogue-specific episode. Is that um, the date at Foxy Restaurant? <laughs> I think it might be. And, uh, and um, Cody's got some sort of master plan, it would seem, and how he can be able to touch Rogue. And at this point, I was like, maybe the aliens are working with Cody. But we'll see. Anyway, then we get a shot of it inside the fish ship, and it's fucking gross in there. Yeah, it's like the upside <laughs> um, down and Stranger Things. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And then I noted that the aliens have got like metal arms as well as um, alien arms, which is great for Meg because that gives them something to slice. <laughs> um, and yeah, the bugs really suck. And so the bugs' plan is to capture the X Men for some reason. And they know this because they've seemed to have secured the um, TV show's intro footage. Um, <laughs> I was extremely confused at the entire episode. Like, is Cody a, I was like, is Cody a mutant? I mean, no. If, and he's calling. So does Rogue have another name? She does. But I think at this point in time, comic book wise... She doesn't know her real name. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard her other name, whatever it is. And he's calling her Rogue. It just seemed weird if he was from her I thought I'd noticed that as well. And I was like, surely he'd be calling her whatever her high school name was. Yeah, like... Or did she go to high school as Rogue? (laughs) Imagine that sitting next to you in social studies. Sean, you're next to Rogue. (laughs) Has anyone seen Rogue today? Is Rogue at school? (laughs) Um, and um, so yeah and then there's uh, I don't know Wolverine contacts the X-Men to like he he breaks free of the bugs or whatever and that when he's on the phone yeah and and (laughs) (laughs) is that the payphone he gets to is he also like too short to operate that payphone he looks like he's really stretching up He's five three, <laughs> same height as Muggsy Bogues. Um, Telling me there's a chance. Uh, Gambit says Wolverine don't normally make sense, but this makes less sense than usual. <laughs> and then I don't, I can't even remember what's happening, but I've noted that Professor X has been a jerk, jerk about personal time. Oh, so Rogue wants some personal time to, to go and hang out with Cody and Professor X has been a dick about it. I mean, he, he let one eye and Gene go out for a date, but anyway. Um, and Rogue then... takes the company vehicle out on the town with Cody. I also thought, why doesn't Rogue suspect something's up when her powers didn't work and she passed out? 
Yeah, that's real. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and then they find Meg outside the bug ship place, and Meg turns into a bug monster. The X Men get captured, except Meg, who runs off and beats off the uh, transform. <laughs> <beats off. laughs> what? What happens? Oh, no, don't worry. Um, sorry, he beats off the transformation Ooh. with sheer will. Oh, okay. Oh, and you know, and, the, and healing powers. But at the time, I was like, did he just, did he just will this away? And then it's like, oh, his healing powers are the reason it doesn't work. Speaking of beating off, Beast <laughs> popped a boner when he saw that alien ship. He does love alien ships. Um, uh, and so Rogue is turning as well. Um, absorbs Meg's he- healing powers to to beat it, and so. Turns out Cody's master plan is he wants to be aliens with rogues so they can be together. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's <laughs> He's an alien. He's not a, he's not a human or a uh, mutant. It's just like the end of Shrek where um, the princess Fiona turns into a Shrek instead of Shrek <laughs> turning into a prince and everyone's happy about it. I wouldn't want to look like that. Lose-lose. <laughs> I feel like um, Cody had a better chance uh, with Rogue than Gambit has had so far for much of this episode. Gambit no. must have been spewing. Mm-hmm. Like that time he got jealous over Archangel. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, so Rogue's an absolute idiot for whatever she's done in this episode. And then Professor X does some mind probing and tells us that the fish ship's sentient and a prisoner or something or other. And Anyway, the X-Men win and Cody chooses the bug life. He would. <laughs> Good riddance. Unfathomable. Any uh, thoughts or? Cody is potentially creepier than Gambit. Yeah. I was really surprised how Rogue was just so off the bat eager for this. And even though she, what she kissed him, passed out. And her powers didn't work. And she's still like, I'm I'm keen to spend a weekend with this guy. I felt like they just tried to pigeonhole a rogue episode in because they needed a bit more backstory. Like we haven't got much Storm. Like Storm feels like Storm and Beast actually both feel like quite bit characters at the moment. Um, Mm. Actually Gambit as well. But um, Beast is barely in any of these episodes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, true. Which, Which is odd because he was... Never supposed to be in lots of episodes, but then they upped him to regular after his popularity. It's just, well, it's a lot of the season Cyclops. Yeah, Cyclops and I guess Gene. Although I find the thing about the Phoenix stuff is it's all about Gene, but it's actually more about everyone's reaction to what's going on with Gene rather than Gene herself. Mm. This Um, would have been a good bit to talk about on the Phoenix episode. <laughs> oh well. Bonus. Bonus. Instead, ins- instead, we're going to talk about the Juggernaut Returns. Oi. We get a previously on the Juggernaut, and it opens with Eugene Torbett Winderspan. <laughs> Is this the Nerdlinger? Was yeah. that his name? Oh, wow. Yeah, he's hard work as well. But oh, these yeah. episodes have had, like, or at least these four, is like some real punishing sort of side, side or characters. newish characters, but then like some really great like 
mainline villains. Really like, trying to make you know. sure you like the characters who you see more often. Um, so Eugene is in the Temple of Sitarak. Um, and um, he's got a bit of a small man syndrome complex going on. Um, he looks like he's, or sounds like he's about to cry at the end of every sentence, unless he laughs. Um, yes. And then it cuts to Juggernaut walking underwater, punching a shark, and then being <laughs> a general menace. <laughs> I miss Juggernaut. <laughs> Uh, this is this is good. Uh, um, there's some real good Jaggy stuff in this episode. So, um, Jaggy, yeah. Well, that's what he calls himself. That's what I thought Pat would call him, Jaggy. Uh, lest we forget, when he gets Juggy to boy. the mansion, he says, "Here's Jaggy." <laughs> Shit, they love a shining reference. They really do. Um, I, I, he's causing absolute chaos on the bridge. But then everything takes a real comical turn when he pulls a roof off a cab and is driving to the mansion. That is outstanding. <laughs> he's he's massive. I wonder when if a toy exists of that, like for like the the toys that they would have created for this show. I wonder if there's one of Juggernaut in the cab. I really want it if there is. <laughs> when he was driving towards the mansion, somehow the computer in the mansion said, "Warning." Juggernaut approaching. <laughs> Not exactly sure how that happens. Maybe they're um, tracking them. Um, and then, so, oh yeah, so yeah, he turns up. Here's Juggy, um, and then it, it it cuts to like everyone get to the mansion. Juggernaut's coming, and it it appears that Meg and One Eye are on Muir Island checking yeah. on Morph. Yeah, that, uh, I was confused as why we saw that but didn't get any explanation. We explained why they're not in the episode, I guess. But they are in the episode, eh? Because they go and, yeah, I guess this, to explain why they're not at the mansion. But, I, I mean, I love the fact that they were visiting Morph. That's, that was meant. I thought I'd, I'd probably rather have seen an episode of the three of them having yarns. Bad guy buys around there too, isn't it? Mm, mm. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> Um, um, sorry, but is there a relationship uh, between the nerdy hieroglyphic man and Juggernaut, or is it just no? About... I think he just he's just found out about this ruby gem of Sitarak and the powers that could give you, and he wants them because he's got a small man complex. I see. He's obviously spent his entire life trying to get these powers, and then when he gets them, he's like straight out on the town to try and pull. <laughs> Um, this, so after the after the Meg and One Eye on Muir Island, we get to see Jubilee at someone's swimming pool, which I was weirded out by. Well, I couldn't work out, and then a nice shot of Gambit fixing a school bus, and um, Juggernaut enters the day. Uh, Juggernaut storming the mansion, and he ends up in the danger room, and Professor X gets all sorts of things going on him, including a little battle with the Hulk, which is nice. Um, and then he loses his power because Eugene is quoting the sacred texts with the gem of Sitarak or something. And um, <laughs> at some point, X gets carried around like a toddler again for about two minutes. <laughs> I love uh, it when that happens. 
demeaning. And, it's not even. Uh, beast. I don't even think it's beast either. Like rogues carrying around or storms carrying <laughs> around. Like make it even look ridiculous, more ridiculous. Uh, Jubilee probably. <laughs> I noted. I don't. Was it, yeah, I noted that Storm's wearing an excellent outfit again. Oh, well, outrageous at least. Um, she doesn't look seventy in this one though. Mm, Professor X has been a jerk again, and then we get the Step Brothers flashback. Turns out, Juggernaut. Juggernaut's father is also a jerk. Um, only married the prof's mother for the money. Um, yeah, I was, I was interested in more of that storyline. <laughs> Seemed a real weird setup. Blonde X is a real wiener. Um, <laughs> I love the quote the dad says: "Until you be nice to, <laughs> until you be nice to that sickly little geek Xavier." <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Um uh, yeah, so yeah, we yeah, we find all that stuff out yeah, sweet. Uh <laughs> and someone says, um Oh yeah, so Cyclops and Meg turn up at the bar that um that the new juggernaut Eugene's at. And they're like, you know, um, come with us, we need to help you or whatever. And he's like, No, I'm having too much fun. And Scott, uh, one eye says, "Looks like we're gonna have to do this the hard way." And he goes, "Now you're talking." <laughs> um, and Meg actually <laughs> doesn't do particularly well, um, but they manage to steal the ruby. Um, and then it cuts back to the mansion, and Storm's giving Professor X a really good lesson on, um, you know, being a, being a nicer bloke, which he needs. And um, then uh, Juggy gets his powers back, and um, Eugene still kind of sucks. And um, so instead of just looking after it, Juggy decides to throw the ruby into space, and the episode ends. Yeah, that lost me there. Why didn't he hold on to it? Well, he just threw it into space. I was, I was over it then. No, yeah, I as was soon as it would have gone to the sky, you would have looked away. Not having yeah, any of that space nonsense. Yeah. I suppose Juggernaut does a nice thing by leaving the mansion and not destroying it on the way out because they helped him or whatever. It's weird, though, because they literally, yeah, they saved his life, but they gave a villain back his superpowers. They're all quite, um, can, like, they weren't up for it. Like, they weren't keen on it, eh? No. Nah. Also, you know, Juggernaut's dying. Where's his best mate, Black Tom? <laughs> oh, yeah, about that. Controversial name. I was um, quite surprised that when Old Mate stole the power of Sitarak and got Juggernaut's powers, that those powers didn't improve eyesight. He yeah. still had to keep wearing his glasses, even though he was huge. Yeah, yeah. Good, good observation there. I was also, makes. Confused Sorry. overall by Juggernaut's powers and why. So, how did he initially get his powers? Is that explained in the um, maybe in an earlier like, Juggernaut episode? Oh, and so or, okay, maybe I, I can't remember. But context is um, Charles and Kane, as he was known at the time, were serving in Korea and. Um, stumbled across it somehow and um, 
prof got out. Like there's like the the whatever something happened, like the rubble cave, whatever. And Juggy decided he was going for it or whatever, and he got the gem and he got the juggernaut powers. I mean, who knows how he even knew how to say that ancient um, text. <laughs> And, and so then, so he he obviously chooses not to have the ruby on him, because the other the guy who the nerdlinger ruby on him. Yeah, and, so he left he, it in the temple. Yeah, but Jaggy's like, well, now nah, I don't. And then he threw it into space. So he's he's basically like, I'd, I'd, I have no power over keeping my powers. Basically, if someone if some alien fish ship finds it and. <laughs> um, what came first must be this. Uh, how early would have Juggernaut been in the comics? First ten issues. The sixties is, is that when X Men? Yep, sixty three, sixty four. You think uh, that's where Kane Wrestler got his name? <laughs> Similar outfits, right? Love a red theme. Him and Undertaker, like brothers or stepbrothers or something. Yeah, they're brothers. Brothers, there you and, go. They're, and they're and they're and they're controlled by the urn of their burnt down house or parents or something. Remember that guy Paul Bearer used to carry it around <laughs> and control them. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. An episode on nineties wrestling would go all right. <laughs> Marty, I didn't watch the fight, but Marty, great listener of the pod, Marty Timuanonui sent me a um, Snapchat of um, the UFC fight today, and old mate, um, what's his name, the Kiwi fighter, I didn't say uh, whatever his name is, also walked into the okay. into the octagon holding an urn today. I don't UFC is <laughs> the worst sport around. Yeah. Uh, Fighting We're, sports in general are stupid. Boxing and uh, UFC are ridiculous. Mm. Mm. Lost all our, all the fans of the royal family and of UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the hot takes, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want us to cover the um, Monday night WCW WWF wars, gladly. A <laughs> oh, big Booker T fan over here. Um, last episode, Deal with the Devil. I think this was my favourite episode of the four. Easily. Um, previously on Omega Red stuff. And uh, so... Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten what this was about until you said that. <laughs> <Omega Red. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so some random dudes are looking for Omega Red. Um, and, and one of them says, not going to make the same mistake the Soviets did. I mean, it's you probably will, but okay. Um, and so it seems like the US soldiers who want him to do something and, and put a bomb in him if he doesn't comply, which is a classic uh, Suicide Squad DC thing that means nothing to Sam, probably. Um, yeah, but Suicide just, Squad, a little bit Captain America when they dig him out the ice at the start. Mm -hmm. Suicide Squad's a team of villains who get bombs in their head and sent on suicide missions. I know a little bit about the Suicide Squad. Because kids in your class like them? Nah, just went, it came out a few years ago. It was quite big, um, even though it was horrendous, like Will Smith and Margot Robbie and that. Absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah. that was the first one, yeah. Yeah. Apparently the second one's good, but... Yeah, Jared Leto's me. like Joker or something. Please never bring yeah, up Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> <laughs> 
The signal um, right. Yeah, like I haven't Jason, seen it. The, the gun. But, yeah, John Cena's in it, so obviously we should watch it because we're wrestling fans. Um, that series you did of the, the spin-off Peacemaker was outstanding. If you watch that, it's funny. As... That's John Cena's character, eh? Mm. Yeah. John Cena's quite good comedic chops, I think. Yeah, he does. He's really good in that um, when he plays the boyfriend of Amy Schumer in her movie. Keeps saying heaps of real homoerotic stuff when like someone's trying to fight him in a, in a cinema. He's also real good in the Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell co-parenting movies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, not from Eddie the 2000s. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so anyway, so t- Omega Red's really got it in for Megan Storm. Um, so he's like, I'm, I'm going to, I'll do your mission, but I want these people to come with me to help me. And they're like, yeah, sweet as. And so the X-Men agree to it for some reason. And it turns out it's a submarine mission. So, you know, we all know at this point, not good for Storm. <laughs> That's where my claustrophobic colonel came from. Mm. Um, well, it's not good for either of them because old mate's got to be in that suit. <laughs> Makes it uh, <laughs> easy, does it, Storm? If those Soviet wise guys built subs like they built Chernobyl, I don't want to give this one any reason to lose its cool. <laughs> <laughs> but before this, so did X send Storm and Meg? Yeah. Why did he agree to this? He's a government bootlicker. Nothing to do with them. Yeah, it's just because Omega Red requested them. Yeah, like, why else would he have requested them? Only for bad things. Madness. But then Meg's up for it, because he's like, keep him, keep him on this motherfucker, yeah? Maybe that's uh, <laughs> Xavier's actually making all his money. It's not just the floaty chairs. He's a government contractor. <laughs> on the payroll, I mean, like you got to send your, you got to send a couple of your, your little, little mates there. Mm. Mm. You make me just wonder how, like, obviously inherited heaps of money, but do you reckon he just walks into banks and like mind controls them to give him massive loans? I mean, he doesn't walk in. Apologies, but probably hovers probably in. Not, probably not loans. You just, you know, <laughs> you just about give, give me, me the money. Give me the money. <laughs> yeah, transfer me <laughs> this amount of money, please. Uh, anyway, um, mortgage fraud, mine powers, uh, my income's a little higher than you think. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just be taking the money. <laughs> and so when Meg and Storm find out what the mission is and they're on their way down, <laughs> Meg goes, an island vacation and a toxic nuclear powder keg, three miles underwater. Yep, this is pretty much Shangri-La. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great new episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Very. Omega Red does a hard to predict a double cross. And um, so they need the X Men and the Navy to help out the situation. And Omega Red launches some missiles that the X Men destroy. And um, they get out. And uh, Omega Red ends up stuck at the bottom of the ocean. I miss anything? At the end of the um, You missed the bit about how Meg was in the diver's suit and um, 
Storm talks him out of popping his claws while he's in the diving suit for about 10 seconds, and then he does it. I enjoyed that. And I also thought Omega Red uh, pronounces Colonel properly because of the way it's spelled. He says, Colonel. Colonel. <laughs> Colonel. I was like, that's how it should be said. How's that, Colonel? <laughs> how is that, Colonel? The Colonel. Uh, but it was a great episode. Speaking of episode, the Colonel. I, I really like that. Speaking of the Colonel. He found a worse leader than X. <laughs> yeah. You notice how, how much hand and arm movement he makes when he's talking? Like at and the his, start, he's like talking pie. on that video phone and he's just all hand movement. <laughs> <laughs> his his tie, he, he's getting his tie out the way of his hand movements because it's tucked into his shirt the whole episode. Mm. I suppose the only um, other thing you missed is surely Sam has got the closing statement and he's been practicing it, surely. Uh, the, see, our our sign-off. Or what? What no, do you mean? Oh, it's Megs. Off from from this episode. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> He's Hold out us. there. I can smell him. <laughs> Full disclaimer: I watched this episode um, on the bottom of my daughter's bed while she was falling asleep with headphones on, uh, so I didn't get many notes. And it cut off with like a minute thirty to go, and I was like, "What the hell's going on?" I couldn't get it back. Um, <laughs> and then we went to podcast and I couldn't podcast and I've just never watched it again since. Um, yeah. At the start, who does he call? Does Meg call someone Winnie the Pooh? We'll call yes. Omega, Omega Red Winnie the Pooh. I thought that was fucking great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who does he think he's dealing with? Winnie the Pooh? Uh, surely there aren't any torpedoes that can launch into the air like that from underwater. I don't know how torpedoes work. <laughs> if you can make a chair float, probably do it. <laughs> what happened? Maybe that's that... <laughs> what's that big bomb that got dropped in the middle of the bloody uh, bikini atoll or whatever it is? Us. Is that dropped into the water from the water? You know, know that massive nuclear. Isn't that famous? Yes, it is famous. It rings bells, but. I don't know, man. Tell us in the slacks. Yeah, please, get in the slacks. And also, if you want to find the slacks, you can find us in our Facebook group. Wish it was the 90s. It's up to about 25 followers now. That's nice. We're on Instagram and Twitter uh, at W-I-W-T-9-0-S. I always want to throw like in an extra S. Like really Every time I want to throw in an extra <laughs> S. <laughs> Uh, or you could just, you know, hashtag the same thing and we'll see it. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, give us a little, just a little rating if you want to. Um, maybe a review. Um, but, yeah, um, next episode we're into season say whatever four. you want a review. Just make sure it's five stars. You can be like, this is shit and I couldn't understand anything they yeah. said. Like our mates on Reddit sledging Pat for calling Walter Walt. Yeah, I stand by that. My cousin has listened to every episode. He's never played Final Fantasy VII. He's never watched X-Men. I think he just uses us to go to sleep at night. Do that. Yeah, do that. Happy to play that role. <laughs> uh, so 
Next we're episode, we're, space <laughs> we're into yeah. s- season four, and there's definitely a little bit of a change of style coming up. I think, or production or something, because um, we've seen a little bit of it in season three with the episodes that are all over the place. But next episode, episode nine, we've got Sanctuary Part One and Two. Xavier remembers courage. Secrets not long buried, and Nightcrawler. And I can confirm that I could only remember Nightcrawler. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens here. Is Nightcrawler an enemy that we've come across in the past? Nope. Like the sound of Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is. Remember, we talked ages ago about uh, the revamp of the X Men where you get the new team of Storm and Wolverine and Banshee and Colossus. Nightcrawler is part of that team. So he's like a second gen X Men character. Very, very well liked in X Men comic book scenes. From and memory, a, what's that? This epi- sorry, from memory, this episode coming up, is that the one you've like got to go into that like a monastery or something it's, it's weird well, nightcrawler's um spoiler for next episode but nightcrawler's a devout catholic mm. um wow. so he always he always brings a bit of a religious <laughs> element don't i don't never bring religion into it that's, that's um, i won't mention the don't mention the royal family <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah, we, we're sort of, I, I feel like season four is the start of the end because season five is quite short, so we are well and truly past the halfway point here. I'm pretty excited for season four because I don't remember heaps of it, but I do remember um, some of the episodes that are part of season four that are quite exciting. So um, if you were so, to rank the, the seasons one through three, what would your order be? One, three, two. Yeah. Which season was um, Sabretooth and Wolverine screaming at each other on Little, <laughs> Little Iceberg? <laughs> that's season that's one. Season two. <laughs> is it two? Yeah. That's, oh, that's season one, isn't it? Yeah, that's like yeah. episode four or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely one then. That would it also introduce bad guy bar too. So mm. I like season. I've liked this this season uh, for the 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 Phoenix stuff and just some really good episodes. Um, season two is pretty good with some some of that stuff as well. Like it's it's reasonably close, but season one, you know, it kicks off with a bang and just meeting all these characters and whatever the hell they're up to. Season one kicks ass. Yeah, season one, then two, then three. I I've struggled through this last season. Uh, two had some great episodes. Did it also have the Savage Lands? Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that little, little parallel story. That was good. Yeah, I think you got the right order. Three. So let's hope four. Um, it's doing the opposite of Harry Potter for me. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter peaked at um, three for me. Yeah, no, uh, I like six. Um, 
Here's some, yeah, there's some interesting stuff coming in season four. I'm very excited for Sam's uh, re reaction to, uh, it's not till podcast ep 11, but uh, have yourself a Morlock little Christmas. <laughs> Christmas special, wow. how good. And, um, and, and there's this one called um, Beyond Good and Evil, which is, uh, yeah, it's twisted from memory. Fantastic. Mm. You guys remember the sign-off? Yep. Mission accomplished, buddy. Let's go home. Smell powers.